Welcome to the Dun & Bradstreet B2B podcast. This is where we do our best host interesting conversations with business experts and provide real value for business owners looking to grow their business. My name is Dustin Luther, and I'm the Director of Engagement at Dun & Bradstreet, and definitely excited to be talking with Chris Dunn today. Welcome, Chris. Hi. (laughs) So today's topic is one I'm very interested in learning more about. It's getting started with direct marketing and really leveraging it uh, for your small business. So, and I'm, I'm so glad that I got you here, Chris. Um, by way of a little bit of background, I should mention that Chris actually works with me here at Dunn & Bradstreet. Um, and we've been working together a few years. You uh, manage and, and lead the direct response team. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's been, it's been really interesting to watch you kind of lead all of our email and our, our print marketing efforts here, um, specifically focused on, you know, the small and medium-sized business owner. So I think that there's, you know, an incredible amount to learn, and I'm, I'm really excited and just uh, can't wait to kind of dive into this. Um, with that said, uh, I really wanted to highlight that we're not, this isn't really going to be a pitch for Dun & Bradstreet or Hoover's products. That's not the intent of today's podcast. It really is just to dive in and really explore how you can use stuff. And if you're going to have any questions about, you know, uh, how Hoover's products or Dun & Bradstreet products can help your business, please feel free to reach out directly to us. I'll have a number at the end of the podcast. If you came through a a uh, blog post or something else, I'm sure there'll be lots of ways to contact a concierge representative or, or other person who can really help you um, understand your opportunities within the Dun & Bradstreet and Hoover's world. So um, with that, uh, you know, I'm really excited. We get to put on our small business owner hats here and look for insights on how we can make this happen. So Chris, let's start with a question I actually don't know the answer to. Um, how did you get started in direct response marketing? I actually started at an insurance brokerage firm back in Washington, D.C. many years ago, and we were targeting the uh, association market. So we targeted associations like the American Medical Association, the American Society of Civil Engineers, and we would manage their insurance program, and then we would do direct mail to their members to sell them life insurance, major medical insurance, hospital insurance, um, disability insurance. So there was a lot of direct mail going out. We had about four clients so we sent direct mail to all of them and my responsibility was to run the new customer acquisition department so we were looking to acquire new associations so we wrote the proposals but we would do direct mail programs that were very small in quantity but very high end so we'd um, send them a telephone or send them a dartboard and talk about our targeted marketing so it's My start in direct mail and direct marketing was to very small quantities to very big businesses. Oh, that's really cool. What would be uh, learning you had out of that that you kind of took away, like that that inspired you to stick in the field? I think that um, one of the things that is carried with me through all um, that experience, through all the direct marketing is it's really about hitting the customer at the right time. And that just because you don't get a response from someone at one point in time it's a good chance it's just because you didn't have the right offer at the right time to them. And what's really important is to stay in front of them. It's why we see things like direct TV promotions hit our mailbox every single month. You know, They know we're on contract. They know that there's only going to be one time when we're really going to be interested in it. It's when we either move or when our contract comes up for renewal. So they just keep sending it to us because they don't know when that is. And that's true in a lot of industries. So that's something I carried away from that. Oh, really interesting. So, um, well, let's just dive into the topic at hand here. Um, what would, how would you describe the state of direct marketing? Um, 
Yeah, well, let's go with that. Okay. Um, I would say it's um, more relevant, um, more widespread, and more important than ever. And it has a bit to do, I noticed in... um, um, and earlier when we've talked in the past about thinking of direct marketing as either direct mail or direct response email, when in fact direct marketing is really about any time, time you have a one-to-one contact. So for me personally, um, not only have I done remarketing in digital and come up with personalized landing pages at an individual level, but I've done direct response television, direct response radio, direct mail, email, anytime you have that one-on-one response. And when you think about it today, there are so many more channels than there ever was before. Think about something like Pandora, where they will actually personalize ads at the level of the person's subscription, demographic makeup of that person who's listening to Madonna or something specific and they will send an ad to you because you live in a suburb of San Francisco and you're listening to Madonna and you're doing it on your commute home from work and they will target that ad just to you. That's direct response marketing. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's obviously broader. I think of it, you know, from I had in the past thought of it as being this print versus email um, or not versus, but, but, you know, include that was a lot of it. But you're exactly right. It's interesting to kind of broaden it uh, a bit there. Very cool. So what, um, what are kind of some of the tools of the trade here in the direct for a direct marketing professional? Like, let's, what's the baseline? If it's so broad there, what are, what do you, what do you kind of view as what you have in your your bag there, your bag of tricks. Well, the most important aspect of direct marketing is interestingly, even for those people who are in the field, uh, is the one thing they're most uncomfortable with, typically, and that's data. Um, most direct marketers, like mo- many marketing people, I shouldn't say most direct marketers, but like many marketing people, they're really interested in the creative. They want to do the TV commercial filming. They want to do the design on the direct mail package. Uh, but it really comes down to hitting the right person with the right offer and the right product at the right time. And it's a cliche, but it really is true. And what you'll see is even when small business owners get into it, they're really focused on, I'm going to do an email for the first time and I want it to be the color red and I want it to look like this. And not a lot of attention gets paid to who you're going to send it to. And it's not only important, it's the most important thing to make sure you're direct marketing. And it doesn't matter if you're doing Pandora or if you're doing it in remarketing or if you're doing a direct mail piece. Um, it's the most important aspect of all direct marketing, regardless of the channel. Oh, very cool. So in, the, in just to kind of, I'm learning as, I, as we go along here. So in your, it's, it's really the targeting is, is the key. And obviously you mentioned that mm-hmm. being a very data intensive mm-hmm. kind of effort to figure out who, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a that would be probably a really interesting look at it. And I, the parallels there, it's interesting how there's so many different parallels in other parts of marketing, of course, but it, the hard stuff, mm-hmm. the hard stuff is sometimes the data and really mm-hmm. figuring out who you want and then how do you go about reaching them? So very, very cool. Um, so I'll, I'll back up here and just kind of say in a digital world where websites are virtually free and you can email just about anyone, um, you know, why are people still using print? Uh, because it works. 
Um, that's the simplest answer. It still brings in a very strong ROI. It works particularly well in B2B, and it um, still outperforms in many industries and, um, and in many, um, for businesses in different markets, it still performs the best. Um, I think that there's people start to associate a specific value around the type of marketing that they're seeing. And I think for even the layman knows that that email that they received didn't cost a lot. To, to send, otherwise they wouldn't get so many that they didn't care about. <laughs> and you know the commercial that they're seeing on TV, they know that that Super Bowl commercial cost a fortune to put up there. And just like that, direct mail gets a little bit more attention. They know it didn't cost a whole lot, maybe only fifty cents, but they know it cost more than an email did or a banner that they may have seen. And so there's a certain value appended towards it. And then I think specifically for businesses. That, you know, in many, you know, I think that the um, businesses is a little bit, I don't want to say behind, but for most small business owners, I think they still go through their mail every day. You mm -hmm. know, that's important to them. There are important things in their mail that are coming to them still as a business owner. And so they have to go through their mail themselves. And so you get their attention and you get it in front of them. But there's a lot of people who don't go through all their emails. Um, in fact, we have spam folders for that <laughs> and rules to set up to get it out of our way. Um, and then we just skim it at a glance and get rid of it. But with direct mail, you still get someone's attention um, by hitting them in their home or hitting them in our office a little bit more than you do in other channels. And that's why it still works. No, oh, that's very cool. What are some things that you can do in your print marketing to kind of demonstrate value? Well, I think that the most important, you, watch, you, you have somebody's attention for about two or three, I was going to say a second and a half, but that's probably um, your email is less than a second. For your direct mail, when it's sitting there and you're going through it in your home or in your office, you, you give it a couple seconds. So I think the most important thing is you've got to demonstrate that you're relevant to them instantly. And going back to what I was saying earlier, I think with creative, Oftentimes with direct mail, you know, even agencies and um, skilled direct marketers forget this sometimes is there's a focus on how it looks and how it looks is important depending on and well, it's not depending on it's it's important. But it also has to align with your brand and your industry. So, for instance, you you know, we've all gotten, you know, um, direct mail from like car companies. You know, you see a BMW postcard or direct mm -hmm. mail piece and it's supposed to look sophisticated. If it doesn't, you, it kind of catches your attention. Why doesn't it? With Audi, it's cool. Um, with DirecTV, it's it looks like, you know, the red carpet from the Oscars with all the color in that. But you notice that with your banks, with your credit card companies, with your life insurance, it doesn't look like that because there's this expectation that it's going to be serious. I don't want playful and fun from my bank. I want to know my money's safe and secure and I want something to convey that. So you have to align to who you are. And then since you've only got someone's attention for a second, you really have to give them a reason to open up. Sometimes it's curiosity. A lot of direct marketers will tell you that having a blank envelope with nothing on it will get it open. Well, it's because someone's curious. <laughs> um, some, if you have a really strong brand, it's going to get associated. Dun & Bradstreet gets opened a lot because people associate us with business credit. And so they open up the letter because they think it might have something to do with the credit of their business. Um, so it really just depends. It's an expectation, but you've got to give people a reason to open up your direct mail package. It makes good sense. So what are some of the, print, the pitfalls of using print mail for marketing? 
Like, where do you see business owners making mistakes? Um, you know, not following those rules. One, the data. Again, it comes back to the data, not sending it to the right person. You really need to make sure you're hitting the right people and you're hitting them ideally with the right message and ideally it aligns to your brand and ideally it's the right offer at the right time as well. So if those rules aren't followed, it's, it can be really expensive mistakes. <laughs> For sure. No, it's interesting. So I, I wanted to start with print because I find it so fascinating and I know how much value it can add to businesses, but I thought I would pivot to email marketing here before we kind of go even maybe a little broader and talk about some of the other topics you, you or the other strategies you brought up. But so, you know, how and why do you think, uh, you know, most business owners get started with email marketing? Uh, because it's cheap, um, because it's easy. It's something they feel like they can do themselves. Um, there's lots of companies out there that can help them with email marketing, give them templates, blast it for them. And it seems like a very low, I would call it a low barrier to entry. Uh, in layman's term, it's pretty risk-free way to do marketing, to try and draw people into your business or try to sell your product online. It's pretty low risk. Um, but what often happens is it doesn't, get done you know very well the list isn't paid attention to it's suddenly people are getting messages that aren't relevant to them and because of that then the email doesn't perform and the business owner or the marketer decides well email doesn't work for my company it doesn't we didn't get very many responders to that and one of the things I've said to clients I've had because I've been on the agency side is you know email marketing works and direct mail marketing works <laughs> so it's not a question of these things don't work they work you may not have been doing it right or there might be a better way to do it but these things work so it's not about whether they work for your business or not it's about how do you do it right for your business to make it work because it does work that's interesting I, in my experience having uh, you know also worked with a lot of companies and you know the, the, for a lot of small business owners it's easy to kind of go spammy with email I think um, and I get a ton like you said email is just kind of pervasive in terms of the amount of stuff what kind of what are some strategies like you said that whether it be maintaining your list or what are some strategies to kind of get out of the spam world when you're doing email marketing well, I think going back to my original comment, every, every business owner that captures their customers' names and, and has a list of their customers, they're sitting on a gold mine. These people have, in many or not most cases, self-selected. And that's a gold mine. They've, you didn't do a lot to bring them in. They came to you. They either walked in off the street or they found your website. And the more you can know about them, the more you can then go out and find people who look just like them. Mm -hmm. So that's the gold mine. And what I think small business owners have a tendency to do is just blast an email to just anybody, maybe somebody in a zip code radius or maybe anybody off this list they got for free. But really, if you look at your customers and, and learn as much about them, and whether it's Hoover's or um, some other um, company, you can have um, interesting demographic data appended to these people so you know what they look like, you know how old they are, where they live, what are their interests, what are their subscriptions, what, you know, all of that, whether they're married, whether what their income is, whether they have children, and you can start to get an idea of who your customer is, and then all you have to do is go to a company like ours or another company that sells lists and find people who look just like them 
And then you start applying the stuff that you already know about your business. What's my most popular product? What's my most popular offer? What do people say they like about my business best? And start hitting these people who look like your customers with that kind of message. And you're almost certain to be successful if you do that. That's very cool. It's really, really good. So what are some, I was going to ask about strategies for kind of maintaining your email list, but you, you kind of covered that, right? Like it's really just, or is there more you can add to that one? Well, I would say that um, you have to always remember with email lists that people's email addresses change a lot. You mm-hmm. know, they end up inadvertently giving their email to um, some spammy company that then sells their list far and wide, and all of a sudden they're getting hundreds, if not thousands, of emails that are unwanted. And the easiest solution is go change their email address to something else. Um, one of the things I always tell my friends to do is create an email address that you use just for shopping so it doesn't happen to the <laughs> one you give to your friends and family. Um, but because of that, even the email address you keep of your customers, it's going to get stale after a while. So the important thing, I think, for especially for small business owners, is to give your customers um, reasons to be loyal and reasons that they want to um, give you their email address, and then keep it up to date. I I think about um, when I lived in San Francisco, there was a a boutique pet store um, just down the street from my house, and they gave all sorts of reasons. Not only did you have a rewards program and get discounts, but when they had um, new products coming in, they'd let you know if you were on your email list. When it came Christmas time and you wanted Christmas pictures of your um, pet, they do it for free, but you had to give your email address. And so not only did you give it to them, you kept coming back and giving it to them again in order to get your discounts, to get your rewards. So things like that. No, it's interesting. And that's the part that you start hitting on some of the work that, that my team does, right? The content marketing side of it, which is which is super interesting and very relevant. Yeah. And it's interesting how it kind of can come together there for sure. Um, so I, I would like to quickly kind of dive into this difference between, you, you know, B2B versus B2C. So business to business marketing versus business to consumer marketing. You mentioned earlier that, you know, especially print marketing, you think might even work better in a B2B environment. But, you know, what are some differences in your mind between those two, uh, you know, what do I say, those two overall ways of thinking about, you know, how, how you go about your marketing strategy? Uh, I personally, I probably have a lot of marketers out there that would disagree with me, but I personally uh, don't think there's a lot of difference. There's a lot of difference in how you keep, maintain, and acquire data about businesses versus consumers. Um, on business side, you know, people leave their jobs frequently. It's much more difficult to keep track of individuals. Uh, you don't have a unique identifier with individuals on the business side where you have um, their home address, you have their social security number. There's all sorts of ways to keep track of um, consumers out there. But I think the thing that um, is most stands out most to me is that you know at the end of every chat, every um, remarketing, every tweet, every direct mail piece is an individual. And you need to speak to them as an individual in direct marketing. And how you speak to them, it's not that they stop being an individual once they're sitting in the office or they're behind the desk instead of in front of their television set. It's all about speaking to them in relevant ways that, that mean something to them, that capture their attention, that add value to their life. And it really doesn't matter if it's in the workplace or if it's at home. So it's interesting. It's, it's, there's not a lot of difference. It's interesting because I've definitely heard that in a lot of places that's one there's a kind of a train a school of thought right now especially online among social media marketers and others that you know b2b is just b2c with 
you know, you're still marketing to other people at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. And you've got to get their attention and you got to focus on, you know, their needs or, or their problems and, and solutions and, and that kind of thing. So Absolutely. It's, it's very cool. No, it's, it's exactly, I, I like how you've, you've you put it together. Though. You're a trendsetter. You're putting it all together as, as we would expect. Um, only just a little bit more here. Um, I'd like to dive a little deeper into targeting. So what are the different types of targeting the, uh, strategies that are available for someone who's just kind of getting started if they wanted to start really building a list for them to go after? You know, it's you could go out to companies like ours and um, append data so you can get a more in-depth understanding of your customers. But you also, if you're a small business owner, especially if it's in retail and you physically see people coming into your store, into your restaurant or something, is you've got a sense about who your customer is. You know if it's primarily women, if you know if they're married mm-hmm. with children, they come in families, if they're single, if they're... Um, coming in, they skew younger or skew older. Um, you know what they look like. And, you know, when you start, it doesn't take a lot of strategy to realize, okay, you know, if it's someone older, you think you're your mom. How do, how do people successfully communicate to my mom? What, what are the advertising she looks at? What is the mail she looks at? What, what kind of things capture her attention when you email? If it's someone who's a new parent, you know, it's completely different the way you would communicate. And, we all have that you know, marketing cap we can put on and really think about who our customer is and what's the best way to reach them. And I think that most people um, at, in there you know, are really marketers um, underneath and it doesn't take a lot, of, uh, a lot of thinking to put yourself in that place to say, okay, how do I reach somebody who's a new parent? How do I reach somebody who's maybe a senior? Um, who's somebody who's looking for a cool new restaurant to go to? It's not, you know, everyone's kind of can figure that out. I think we have a tendency to think it's more complicated because we've not done it before. When in fact, all you have to do is kind of put on that cap of what does that customer look like and sound like and think like and then you can figure it out. No, it's really cool. It's interesting. There's so much psychology involved in that, right? Like oh, uh, yeah. putting your your you know yourself in someone else's shoes is is so critical. I think absolutely. So it's it's very cool. So I am with this podcast. I thought I would start something new and ask a few quick questions that uh, we're going to start asking of guests going forward. Um, we're I call it the 15 second answer round. So just keeping it quick here okay. and just a couple of questions. Um, you know, what's your most uh, memorable business or marketing fail? Uh, um, I, I'll leave the names out of it, but I used to work for a bank early in my career, and I um, figured out a way where it was back when we were trying to figure out who had the capability of doing direct deposit, and I figured out a way to bring together about eight different databases in the bank to identify people who had that capability. And without a lot of thinking, I created a direct mail piece to identify them. And what I ended up catching was a lot of people who are writing checks to their mistresses <laughs> and people who are money laundering or buying cars and stuff without their spouse knowing about it. And we got a lot of complaints at the bank. Um, so I got patted on the back for being clever enough to figure out how to identify these people. But got in big trouble for sending out a direct mail piece like that to so many. Oh, that's hilarious. That's it's only awesome. 50000 or so. <laughs> Ouch. So what's one technology tool you wish someone would build? 
You know, the, the question I get, especially from people who are not in direct marketing and even a lot of times from people who are in direct marketing, it's a tool that already exists. So it's not one that doesn't exist. But I get asked most frequently, how do I know if something's a statistically viable sample size? How do I know how many people to mail? How many to test a specific offer? How do I know that? And I'll even do a plug for it's not our company, but another company that I know about, which is R.R. Donnelly. And they, if you go to their website, you can actually find um, tools on their website about how to um, select sample size for your email and your direct mail so you're picking the right amount so you know you're you're doing it in a statistically valid way oh that's cool we'll definitely uh, post a link to that when we okay. post the podcast because we'll, we'll, we'll find it and I, I like it a lot so um, interesting I do want to ask you this other question but I'm gonna put a twist on it can you just tell me a book that um, you found that's been influential for you Influential for or me. just something you've enjoyed. What's one of your favorite books? Let's make it that simple. Um, well, I love psychology, and so I, I think I um, I really spend a lot of time reading books on history and foreign policy. And one of the most influential books I've read was Henry Kissinger's um, book Diplomacy, and it talked about the psychology of developing strategies of how to deal with people and how to get inside their head. In in that case, in foreign policy, but I think it has applications to marketing. Well, of course it does. Very very cool. So, Chris, um, I wanted to ask you how, as we kind of wrap it up here, I would love you just to let people know how should they contact you. Um, email is the best um, for me, which is cdunn at dandb.com. Very cool. And for us here uh, with the Dun & Bradstreet B2B podcast, I would say please look for us on Twitter. We're DNB B2B, all um, six letters back to back with a number thrown in there. Um, or use the hashtag DNB B2B. Um, and if you don't mind, please head over to iTunes and give us a rating. We are always looking forward to increasing our presence there on, on iTunes. It's been wonderful. We're seeing more and more growth each week and, and really are loving it. Um, you can find all the links and everything else over at dnb.com slash events. Uh, if you just go there, you'll, you'll see everything we talked about. Um, any resources Chris mentioned there, we'll, we'll put links up and, and we'll have a blog up that will... Uh, have all kinds of good stuff. So with that said, um, you know, I, we did our best here and I think we did a good job, Chris, of not really mentioning any strategies that are just reliant on Hoover's or DMB data. A lot of this stuff can be done elsewhere. But of course, you know, a lot of this stuff is a lot easier or at least one potential solution is, is using our stuff. So if anyone has any questions, don't hesitate to contact one of the representatives there who can kind of walk you through your business situation. The number is 855 233-7002. And Chris, on behalf of the entire Dunn Bradstreet and Hoover's community, I'd really like to thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for taking part. Thank you. <laughs>